five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to the New World Podcast, Lore Seekers to Aeternum, a show dedicated to Amazon Game Studios MMO, bringing you both an original story of a traveler and his creation of a company in Aeternum. Join us on this journey of suspense, intrigue, and mystery, seeking lore, life, and the pursuit of all who threaten it. Welcome to Eternal. Thorpe may have taken your left eye, and for that you find yourself grateful. Grateful because your right eye was that of the dominant. You had grown up from wherever you came from, hunting with a rifle alongside your father in the thickest of woods, to bow hunting the quickest of birds with your mother. Your eyes had been your gift, and now your eye would be your survival. Before you lay a musket inlaid with star metal armament, ornately wrapped in the wood of a woodward tree, almost a blue and white camouflage of a tool. As this moment almost stands still to you, you drop to a knee, your right hand finding purchase in the trigger guard and your left resting beneath the front sight post. Lucky for the console, you had been trained to be ambidextrous, now forced right-handed to serve your right eye. You remain in the kneeling position, knowing a stronger base would make your aim truer. And in one harmonious beat, Ulfmer's Warhammer crashes down across the beast's left shoulder, breaking the armor and freeing Solus to duck away from the initial block. Cassius casting a mending aura from his staff, curing Solus of the blow. And as Flick propels himself in the air, you pull the trigger, dislodging the bullet from the musket's end, and your keen eye impossibly following the bullet through the smoke and haze of the room. The bullet passes by Cassius's right ear, soars above Ulfmer's helmet, and rests in the forehead of the monster, its skull cracking from the impact, creating an opening for Fleck to land with all his might with the end of an arrow, now a dagger of sorts, piercing the beast's brain. Time and space now begins to move regularly, as the beast falls to its knees, collapsing with all its weight face down into the ground, lodging the arrow further and through the back of its head. The five of you take a cohesive breath. A quick glance around you confirms an appearance of safety, and Solus turns his gaze towards the door from whence Thorpe left the chamber and shield bashes the door off its hinges, welcoming in the first daylight you have seen in several days. As you begin to walk outside, your eyes throb in pain from the glare, a white blanket coming over you, but your eyesight begins to return, revealing perhaps one of the most beautiful sunsets you have ever witnessed. A small pond rests to your left, and a goat, oblivious to the peril you had just faced, stands lapping at the water. Had the thunder in the chamber truly been this suppressed? Or more horrifically, had this been such a commonplace that even the nature of Eternum was used to the chaos? 
deep down in your soul, you knew the truth was the latter. You observe the console approaching the pond, disarming themselves of their gear and weaponry, using the water as more of a bath and a washer to clean themselves, giving the goat a reason to pause and stare. Oh sure, that got the goat's attention. This place continues to elude you. Having the musket still in hand, you approach the others, and you begin to thank them, Solus cutting you off with a finger pointing to the sky in front of your face as to pause you. Our new friend, we do not thank each other. We do what we must. Our bond is our strength, and our thanks is more of an understanding. We never thank, in remembrance for those who never had the chance to thank their savior who failed. You did well, our friend. Your aim, impressive. I fear you'll be needed on our journey back to camp. But while we rest, pray tell of your findings while under this Thorup. You proceed to echo what you had heard in the previous days, the details blurry, but there was mention of a sole survivor who had embraced the corruption in his moments of weakness, that of which you were only assuming was this Thorpe. Of most importance, however, was mention of a box he was after, something that had driven those in the prisons mad with vitriol, and something that this Isabella was seeking. Upon mentioning her name, Solus stops you again, confirming that he had heard the name correctly. If this is truly about Isabella in her box, I believe Thorpe may be the answer. Perhaps... Hmm, perhaps it isn't time for camp just yet. Our new friend, you have been our listener and the closest we have come to learning about Isabella. We don't believe they are working together, but Thor might be the key of knowing where she is and what is in this box everyone and everything is after. Will you join us? Having nothing left of who you were, you recognize who you are now and not an affirmation. Flick, having crafted you a shoulder strap from fibers and torn leathers, anchors your musket for you on your back, pats you on the shoulder with a wink, and begins to scout ahead. This will not be easy, my friend. Be prepared to give some, and accept you may give all, for this island is not kind to wayfarers. We have already seen the dead rise, the earth move, and the sky bleed. Together we have a chance, and the truest way to survive this place is to seek the truth and uncover its people's lore. We call ourselves lore seekers. In pursuit of knowledge and understanding, and a reality absent of both, welcome into our ranks. Seeker.
Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lore Seekers to Aeternum with your host, Lore Seeker Solace. And today I am joined by a really good friend of mine from the Lore Seekers community, our very own Gone Crazy. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Phenomenal. It's been such a good last couple of days. Uh, finally having a break between work and getting ready for Thanksgiving this week uh, and trying to be in game. I guess that's a thing, like actually yeah. playing. Yeah, same. Trying to be in game, but kind of failing most of the time, whether that yeah. be due to internet or um, just time and life and work and, oh, yeah. you know, what is balance? We don't know what that is, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. especially as parents. That doesn't exist for us. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I'm looking at my own character uh, creation or my character development and, you know, he's, uh, he's 57 and I'm like, man, all of my friends are 60, but then I look at gone crazy and I'm like, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> what, what level are you? Uh, I'm, I'm floating around, um, <clears throat> 27, 27 or so. 27. Um, maybe. Maybe 26, 27. Yeah. So there's this game called New World I want to introduce you to. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. We have a podcast on it. You don't say. <laughs> I had no idea. Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a thing. I guess you and I both are failing at miserably. But uh, oh, well. <laughs> so, so what are your initial thoughts? Just curious. Going straight to the game. Uh, you know, level 27. What have been the, you know, the 27 levels like for you? Oh, um, really good, actually, to be honest. Uh, I have really been enjoying the fact that I do not feel rushed in this game. Yes. It does. I know it can feel like a grind, especially if you're really like working your way through the crafting trees and you're just like, I have to be able to chop down that blue tree that I'm passing. <laughs> like <laughs> all of that can can definitely feel, um, I think, a little grindy. And sometimes yeah. I am like, oh, gosh, I wish I was just a little bit bit higher level so that I could do those things yet. But I also know that, like you guys have said, you only get to do it once, yeah. right? Yeah, this so is So I've just really, really been enjoying slowly leveling, going through the quest lines. Um, yeah. I have been all over the map, probably in places I shouldn't be for my level, <laughs> to be honest, uh, because every once in a while I'm like, what's there? I just, you know, I think I'm going to go up there. I just want to see what's in that area. And then usually a red X appears because I'm dead. Yes. Screen goes um, black. Mm -hmm. Everything wants to kill you. Yep. Everything. Yep. Uh, I I encountered one of those really big gators the other day. That was yeah. a grand old time. All oh, yeah. my gear was in need of repair. Yes. <laughs> Which they need to fix, by the way. But you know, that's another conversation yeah, for another well, day. Well, you know, you know, another another day, another <laughs> conversation. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I I have just really enjoyed the game. I like the pacing. I like the fact that it really does truly feel um, like exploration. Yeah. I love, love that I get to just run around and I'm a screenshot junkie. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's been in the discord yeah. <laughs> knows that about me. So, um, huge, huge screenshot junkie. So I've just loved running around, taking screenshots. Yeah. I'll catch up to you guys at some point. I still, <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm telling our governor this. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done an expedition yet. Ooh. Okay. Let me write that down. Uh, yeah. Um, ooh, so about that, uh, I know I'm the worst, the worst, right? <laughs> Reasons to kick gone crazy from the company. No! Not even playing. <laughs> Don't, awesome. my heart would break into a million pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I, I've got a story. I was like 55 or 56. Uh, I was an Evan scale. I had died like once or twice. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go check out Shattered Mountain. 
That sounds like a really good idea at this time. Uh, I'm dying in Ebon Skull, but I'm trying to, you know, the end game zone. I go up there and I'm surrounded by goats that have skulls on their, their name tags. Like they're redded out. Like you should not be here if the livestock is going to kill you. Uh, I died, not from the goat, but I died uh, and never went back. So yeah, I got humbled. Me and, Reek, <laughs> me, and, me and Reek Water, we have that similar relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably just abide by what the map tells us. Hey, if you're between this level, stay here, idiot. Yeah, so, it's, I, that's fair. it's not like, it's like they're suggesting it right in your face, <laughs> yet gamers, yep. you know how we are. Oh, yeah. You know how we are. We find out creative, fantastical ways to die. That is true. I think we're onto something. That should be like a content creation piece, like ways Ooh. Governor Solus kills himself. Ooh. <laughs> Which is apparently not jumping off of a high point. You can't swim, but you can jump off the highest tower and survive. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're yeah. on to something. Why not? Why not? <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new world. Do you see what I did there? Oh, Ooh. nice. Ooh. Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> where's, where's the cancel button? Yeah, okay. Uh, let's just start um. this one over. <laughs> awesome. Well, one of the reasons, uh, and we talked about this before we started recording, but one of the reasons why I had you on... Um, we definitely want, uh, I'll speak for myself, I want to pivot this show into the community. We talk about community. You know, we say mission first, people always, we say the community comes first. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a great endeavor to start bringing in the people we love most, uh, our community, our friends, our family, uh, into the show and just one, learn about you um, and what the community, not necessarily this one, but what community has meant to you in your past. Uh, we've heard some amazing transformational stories. Our own lore seeker champ has this life-saving story that he shares. It's just a great opportunity for us to get to know, again, the people that we say that we love so much. And so you're you're the first one from the lore seekers uh, company to join us. So, hey, that's exciting. <laughs> Honored. That yeah. is, that is, I don't know, big shoes to fill and I got small feet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you better perform. You I guess so. You know, you're on. You're on the line here. <laughs> but one of the one of the, like hidden agenda items is as we get closer to extra life, which by the way, December fourth, uh, Saturday, we're gonna be twelve hours. We're gonna be targeting a noon to midnight. So stand by for that, everybody. Um, but one of the hidden agendas I have is I want to wrap up the the conversation by talking about what that has meant to you. You've taken a leadership role in our Lore Seekers company to basically lead the hype and lead the information sharing uh, for Extra Life. And so first off, thank you for that. Like, sincerely, <laughs> it's been amazing. Um, but I also want to dig into that as well. So let's, I, I don't know, let's just pause, let's back up. Who is gone crazy? Who are you? Why are you talking to us right now? <laughs> oh man, who am I? Uh, well, um, I have been a gamer for, I would say probably pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Uh, my brother, I have a brother who's 11 years older than me. So, uh, he was big time into gaming. He still is. He has this massive game collection that I drool over every time I go to his house. Like his living room is filled with every type of console or, you know, machine you can imagine. He's got pinball machines, all sorts of stuff. So he's just like, been really into gaming ever since I can remember. Yeah. Uh, so I started gaming a lot with him. You know, I can remember playing like Pitfall, <laughs> Atari stuff, you know, old all school. of all of the old school things and then transitioning up through um, different consoles, kind of, if you will. Yeah. Um, I remember getting my first Nintendo and my first Super Nintendo. And then from there, I kind of migrated into the PlayStation world. Uh, 
which is where I actually found Lore Seekers oh, cool. um, with the ESO Guild. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, I've done all types of gaming, I guess you could say, throughout my life. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm passionate about it and I, I love it and all sorts of genres too. You know, I don't really stick to one thing. I mean, MMOs are newer to me, but I did play Ultima Online back in the day. Mm. Um, <laughs> so you're that just, was you're dating yourself. I know, I know. Ultima Online, I know. nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I wasn't like super crazy into it. I played on a free server that a friend had. Nice. Uh, but I did enjoy my time while I was there. Um, yeah. you know, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I found I would say this community and the Lore Seekers community originally for ESO kind of at a transitional point in my life as well. Oh, cool. Um, I had just had my son, um, and I was actually just returning to work, uh, after coming off of maternity leave and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was driving like an insane, ridiculous amount of time every day. I was driving, um, almost an hour and a half each direction just so my son could have childcare before, um, I could go back to work. Because there was no availability for care for him. So he would he would stay with my parents and I would drive back and forth to them. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, first of all, I have plenty of time to try listening to podcasts. I've never done that before. <laughs> so maybe I should try. Yeah. So I downloaded Spotify and all of that stuff. And I started searching for things that I was familiar with. So I looked up like, um, well, the other thing about me is I have an anthropology degree. Oh, nice. Which is something that yeah. a lot of people don't know about me because my actual day job is that I'm a performer yeah. for a theme park here where I live, like one of the major theme parks. So um, interesting. So I, dan I dance every day, yet uh, my background of what I went to school for in college was anthropology. That's so I was like, okay, let me, let me look up, you know, like myths and legends podcasts and, you know, different historical things like that. And then I was driving down the road one day and I'm like man, I have been playing ESO with people that I work with. Why am I not trying to see if they have podcasts on that? Yeah. And I looked and there wasn't really anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, bummer. Okay. So I let that go for like a month. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to on a whim, like look again, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the stories are really cool and the myths are cool, but they're kind of putting me to sleep while I'm driving. So yeah. um, let me, let me look again. Lo and behold, it was the teaser trailer for lore seekers that had popped up yeah and i'm like oh <laughs> this sounds interesting yeah so sure enough i was like hooked right away uh and met you know jibs and cash that way and was pretty heavily involved in the lore seekers eso community and yeah. that community still means um so so much to me i actually am a crazy person and i main now two mmos because of you guys oh, no. <laughs> i know <laughs> i know time. i know i don't yeah, um i don't i yeah there's eight days in a week now and like 27 hours in a day right yeah. um yeah totally yeah. <laughs> so um still heavily involved over there in that community and then and then with you guys here too and you know i i cannot stress the importance of what this community in both places has meant to me um you know yeah. being a mom and working hard and having a place to escape to and to get to know people and yeah. connect with people from around the world um yeah. amazingly the other day hyperpixie and i got to actually meet in person finally yeah which was those pictures so, were so, awesome so so cool yeah um so yeah it's just that's yeah, cool 
it's incredible how gaming brings people together. And right. yet I have felt like I've always had gaming in my life, yeah. just in different capacities. And now it's incredible how social it is and how amazing it is to be able to do what we're doing right now, yeah. you know, sit here and, and have a chat about an MMO that we have a community from around the world yeah. that plays together. Yeah, um, and different different time zones. I mean, I'm on the opposite side of the country from you, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're I mean, making it work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really awesome. Yeah. Really no, awesome. It, it, it's, you know, it's really cool that you say that, um, you know, community, uh, the articles that we've read in this show talks about the community being like escapism, right? We game mm -hmm. to escape. What community has done, at least within gaming, has kind of collected those individuals that wanted to escape and gave them a place to escape to. And it's beyond the game. Like, it's one thing to have a single player, and then you introduce GoldenEye that had a multiplayer, like, huge... It's like, I think it still has a following, but a massive player base that still plays GoldenEye. But MMOs have been this, like, driver for community, and I think it's just now starting to come to its like high point, right? It's now starting to come to its actual potential and we're, we're living it. You just had a testimony about the Elder Scrolls Online community. Like these are big, it's bigger than the game itself, right? I spend more time, real talk, <laughs> I spend more time in our community, you know, making things nice and pretty and making sure things are working, but I spend more time governing in the Discord than I do governing in the game. And I think that's just, a, that's, that's real talk. That's just the reality of it. But the community means so much to so many people. We've already seen, you know, we have a channel called the Brothers Keepers, you know, Shield Maidens. That just, it's a great place for people to just open up to people that they don't even know, but they're opening up, calling out for attention, calling out for help. And there's a lot of us that just pick that up, right? We eat it. We're like, man, yeah, let's, let's, let's have that moment. You know, let's get out of the game, pause what we're doing. Um, and just be that human that that sometimes we just need that you're not going to get in real life. So interesting that it's just now kind of really hitting that point. I really liked what you said about how MMOs are just finally, I think they're kind of catching catching up to the thought of, you know, social media and, and the way people interact online now, for yes. sure. I know you've, you've talked about it in articles that you've read, but, yeah. um, you know, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be, you know, video chatting with someone that I met in an MMO community yeah. online, or that I can use my phone every day to talk to my friends from around the world who all play the same game as me. I mean, it's not that it wasn't possible, right? We had ICQ, we had things like that, but um, yeah, but to have, to have so many tools now that you can use to connect with people and to have games that people want to connect over. That's the other thing. I mean, yeah. if you look at, you look at games like New World and ESO and Final Fantasy and all those other, you know, main MMOs that are out there right now. I feel like people are just kind of starving for that, that sort of interaction, you know, yeah. like it's that weird um, instant gratification, but also not instant gratification because you're working for something. Yeah. But it's also really cool because you have the opportunity to work towards a goal either by yourself right if you're somebody who's been roaming around and you're level 27 still because you don't have time to play and you're you know still down in first light and monarch's bluff and yep. all of those places right but then then you have this massive community that is 
willing to drag me along on portal runs who are all level 60 <laughs> and, uh, you know, run behind me and, and give me the healy feelies and keep me alive. And um, that is such a cool, cool thing to to have those sorts of interactions and to, to have that be real and able to be real, right? Yeah. To have the technology and, and the ability to catch up to that now is incredible, I think. Yeah. Well, it's been a blessing not to get like too mushy, um, but it's been a blessing getting to know the people like you, right? The gone crazies out there that I would have never met you in real life. I mean, there's yeah. no, there's no, way. I live in Texas, right? You're in elsewhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll be safe. <laughs> yeah. We'll be safe. You're, you're elsewhere. Um, but like, you know, I, I, there's, there's no reason why we would ever cross paths, yeah. but we've got people of high caliber, right? That again, th this is the only way we would have ever met each other. Um, and here we are, like you've earned the trust of, it's not like, it's a big deal, but like, you've earned a trust of the lore seekers. Um, but like, we've, we've totally raised you to the level of an officer an event lead, um, going into extra life, you know, because of just kind of the person that you are, right. And, and what you kind of bring to the table and the, the, just the, the, the personality that you are inside of a chat room, you know, people just lighten up whenever you're there. So take that as a huge compliment, like totally mean it, total <laughs> sincerity. Um, but it's the people like you, um, that make this community run. Uh, and so, you know, l l let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I, I approached you, um, when we decided as a lore seeker team, we decided to get into extra life. Now I've dabbled in it, years ago um you, you mentioned hyperpixel gaming there was arcaneer and others um that i participated in and saw the events that they were doing but I, I didn't fully understand you know what was going on at the time i just started giving money because pixie asked me to give money like i don't know here here's some money um <laughs> but you know it seemed like a good cause people were talking about it um but that's i think when i met you i think it was around that time in ESO around that time, whenever you had reached out personally and said, Hey, thanks for giving money. It means a lot to me. And I think it's in that moment, I started kind of doing my research and realized just like, what did I give money to? It's a, it's a huge endeavor for kids. And, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, but huge endeavor for kids. Um, and that like changed kind of everything moving forward. Here I am fast forward. I'm kind of a, a leader, a leader of this group. And we're getting into Extra Life, which we're super excited about. A lot of good events are coming up. Uh, more to come. <laughs> but, you know, it's coming up here in two weeks. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to bring you in full circle. I knew that you were going to lead the charge and the hype that you have brought, the information that you have brought, um, keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused on, hey, this is what really matters. And so to kind of pivot the conversation, I would love to just hear your story, you know, about Extra Life, about what that means to you um, and what it means to you this year. To be kind of honest, it's, it's a little bit similar to what you were just talking about. The first year I was exposed to it was actually with War Seekers. Okay. Um, yeah. It was a couple of years ago, and I remember uh, they talked about it, and they said, you know, we're going to do this Extra Life stream. Um, at the time, they were in ESO, and... You know, I, I, like I said, love that community and I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this is, but I'm going to tune into their streams and I'm going to see what they're doing. And, um, I remember hearing Cash talk about how he had kind of done stuff with the children's hospital, um, out there where he is. And, um, it kind of made me think about it because in my job, I am very, very lucky to be able to, uh, interact with a lot of children who have 
special needs. Um, we have a lot of, of groups that come down to this area and they, they bring um, kids who, you know, are Make-A-Wish kids or kids from Kids Kids or Give Kids the World um, and kids who work with Ronald McDonald House and that, that charity as well. So uh, it's like I had an exposure to it without realizing I had an exposure to it, kind of, because I had seen it from the gaming perspective a little bit. And I was interested in participating and I remember them talking about, you know, you can build a team and then you can join a team and it goes towards a team goal and all of these different things. And I thought that would be super cool to do. However, I am not a streamer. <laughs> so how on earth would I be able to make any sort of a difference? How on earth would I be able to raise any money without being on Twitch or without being, you know, on YouTube or, or whatever, playing these games? So I kind of just observed I'll say for that first year and and kind of watched what they did and I was I just remember being absolutely blown away at how giving and kind people were and how um, incredible that sort of fundraising was able to be yeah um, fast forward to kind of the next year and I saw people talking about it again and I'm like Okay, well, you know, I said I wanted to do it last year. I'm kind of wussing out again. Maybe I won't do it. And then um, one of my other wonderful friends met through ESO, Pylon, you know, over mm. at the UESP podcast. Yeah. Um, he was like, hey, I have a UESP team. I think you should join it. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and he said, no, you should do it. And I'm like, well, I don't stream. And he said, well, you don't have to. And he's like, if you want to join us for some dungeons or for anything, feel free and just join the team, see what you can do, right? There's nothing lost. It's free to do. If you raise the money, fantastic. If you don't raise the money, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Yeah. You know, there's so many people who are who are working towards that extra life goal. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make myself do it. <laughs> so I, I, I logged on and I made the account and I, I signed up and I was like sweating bullets because I was so nervous. <laughs> and I started researching more and realizing that there are so many people who have made a difference in extra life who just game and don't ever stream right the yeah. people who play tabletop the people who do they do board game events for this i mean it's really incredible and then i started to see that there's a community built around it there's yeah. local what they call guilds yeah. um all around the country that connect and interact and just people that are passionate about about kids and about helping them get better yeah. um and that was so meaningful to me because of of what I am blessed to do every day. Like I get I'm I'm a dancer, so I get to share my art form. That's my job yeah. with so many people. And I'm have been incredibly moved when we have had those kids come um, who you can tell just are passionate about life, but there is something that is a challenge for them or for yeah. their family. And to see those kids and to see them smile or or to, you know, interact with them because that's the other thing is sometimes these kids in, in, in community, I'll say, may not have the opportunity to interact with people because people are, are nervous about it. Yeah. You know, they, they're nervous about upsetting them or about um, how they can interact with them. Yeah. And so kind of having that on both levels for me, not being afraid to do that, because of what I am blessed to do every day and blessed to share um, with families when they come to visit. Yeah. And then 
being able to do extra life, it's kind of like a full circle for me, you know, because when I see, when I see those people at my job, um, and they participate or did, you know, uh, pre pre COVID I'll say when they did participate in the, (laughs) in the show that I am blessed to do every day, um, knowing that I may never interact with them again, but hopefully I, I did something small for them. Like hopefully I inspired them in some way. And then to kind of be able to feel like I am making a difference by giving that back to them because they do give me a lot too. They, you know, um, that sort of interaction. So being able to give that back to them in this way, almost through extra life just is, is amazing. So, yeah. And I mean, you're hitting, you're hitting such a, an important, point and i i didn't make it through that podcast a couple of weeks ago without like you know choking up i'm sure everybody knows and remembers that one but um you know and it's probably gonna happen again now but okay me too like, yeah sorry um no, okay. no it's just uh you know these these kids like their lives are made up of, of moments and unfortunately mm-hmm. the some of these kids have less moments right and they've they've either been told how many moments they have left right or they don't know you know, how many moments they have left. And so when you brought up the word moment, yeah, this is, I mean, this is it, right? If there is something in the smallest bit that me and the Laura Seekers can do on that 12 hours that, that up, that lifts a kid in that moment, uh, makes them feel special, makes them feel like, you know, there's a whole literal community, a whole community out there that, that cares about you, that cares about you and your moment. Um, Man, there's nothing there's nothing more important. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like there's, there's absolutely nothing more important you can do in life, you know, than, really... than raise up those around you and what you love. Like that's, yeah. you know, the whole thing is just blows my mind. Yeah, I wish there was more really... of it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I just, I wish there was more of it. I'm getting mad now. There should be more oh. of these. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And uh, it's like, it, you, you feel like, um, I think, and you know what, it's interesting that you say that because now that I think about it, I guess it's so interesting to me to have kind of that polarization because um, I'm able to take a short amount of time and hopefully make a difference. But then when you look at Extra Life, it runs year round. I mean, it seems, yes, there is game day on November 6th and that is an amazing day. I think they raised, oh my gosh, I want to say it was over 10 million so far this year. Right. But yeah, I think on game here. on game day, it was like three million or something along those lines just on game day, which is incredible. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking now uh, I'm on the website. So if you're hearing clicking on the <laughs> podcast, bear with me. I wonder. Yeah. Donations received. Here we go. Does it say? Oh, no, that's specific to our team. I'll keep looking. I'll keep looking. But yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there, there should be something on there that says current. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I ahead. checked earlier and it did say 10, I think it was 10, 10 million, thousand and change Goodness. this year. Um, which is, is crazy awesome. because, you know, I mentioned to you that I started the first year and I, my first year, my goal, literally I said it like a hundred dollars, I think, yeah. because I was just like, I'm setting something that's attainable for myself because I want to do this again. Sure. <laughs> Oh, you yeah. know, and I, yeah. I knew that if it was a situation where, like I said, I'm not a streamer, so I'm doing everything by word of mouth, by community, by discord, by Twitter, yeah. um, by family friends. Right. So that first year I made something attainable for me so that I felt like I could make a difference. Yeah. And then this year I set my goal at, at 200 bucks because I was like, okay, I, I'm, I did it last year. 
I'm going to up it again this year. And I cannot believe on game day, I was so moved at the fact that I passed that. Oh, that's awesome. And I I actually have, thank you. I've done a stretch goal now. So I'm like super excited to see if I can hit it before the end of the year. But at the same time, (laughs) if I don't, I'm like, you know what? I did the first one that I was trying to get to anyway. So that's, that's what's important to me, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just incredible what the power of just not being afraid to put yourself out for these kids. Um, I mean, there was a story about a woman who wanted to do it, but she wasn't a gamer at all. She was just passionate about kids and, and her children's hospital in her local area. She literally took a Mason jar to work and a bunch of cookies yeah. And she put a sign out front that said, donate for the kids. And she raised like a thousand dollars. Like that is so good. That is so good. It is just yeah. imagine if someone can just do that in their home or their work atmosphere, what we as gamers have the ability to do for kids, especially when we're streamers or content creators or, yeah. you know, in a, in a community that is so generous, like, like the lore seekers community or you know just the new world fam and and all of these different groups so it's it's pretty incredible to see how those those paths the different paths that people have can all funnel into this one awesome group being extra life which is really really cool 100 percent yeah, it definitely gives it gives that extra layer of meaning to what we do. Yes, I game. Yes, it's fun. Yes, I built a community. Yes, we're all fun and you know, we have jokes and memes and it you know lifts people up, but this is that that philanthropy is that extra layer of like the so what factor. Like why do I get so engrossed in and what I do? Why is my time away from my wife and my kids, you know, dedicated to gaming? Well, here you go. I'm doing something in this space I could never do at my, I say nine to five. That's a joke. My, I don't, <laughs> I work like 20 hours a day. So, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but my quote unquote nine to five, um, like I'm doing more for the community and gaming for a hobby than theoretically I'm doing for my job. Like that's just, that's a good kick in the chest, right? <laughs> yeah. So, right. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think is incredible about it is for me, one thing that I really, really have noticed just in this particular past year, um, I was very vocal at my workplace about, about extra life this year. And I found it incredible how many people were like, wait, gamers do what? (laughs) Are you, what? (laughs) And it's not, it's not that they weren't aware, right? Cause all my friends and people that I work with and whatnot, they're, they're aware that I'm a gamer, but I don't think uh, you know, and they're aware that I'm passionate about my job and passionate about, you know, interacting with, with kids and trying to make a difference in these families' lives and people's lives and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't think they realized that there is a huge community of people around the world, nerds, right? Us, <laughs> us, us crazy gamers, those people that sit in their basement basements, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> eat Cheetos and I don't know, put cheeto dust in your controller or your keyboard no we're not that way right <laughs> like i feel like we, this is a south park episode like, like yes. <laughs> suddenly things have pivoted here yeah, <laughs> yeah. no um but uh, you know i think i think it's impressive because when people look at that they're like oh yeah i've heard about extra life and then they they look at what it is and they go wait it was a group of gamers who were just passionate about giving this little girl something to do when she was in the hospital yeah. like that's how this started and it, it, it's like, yeah, that's, that's how this started. 
Like, <laughs> what an amazing story. What an amazing ability to be able and, and what a to be able to do that. And what a great um, kind of ambassadorship, I guess I'll call it, for the gaming community. Because, yep. you know, there's so many people, like I said, that are just like one of those memes, the what you think I do and then what oh, I yeah. actually do. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what this what this feels like to me a little bit is people think maybe, oh, a bunch of gamers who do extra life. And then they go and they do the research and they're like, wait a minute, they raised $10 million this year. <laughs> the top team raised like $306,000 for charity yeah. oh, just yeah. by gaming. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's mind blowing. And it's so it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Even it, raising $1 for this is incredible, right? It just, it, it doesn't matter if it's $1, 50 cents. Like that's why there's an other tab on the thing when you donate, like they yeah. don't care how much you do. That's right. They just want you to be involved and be part of that community and, and make a difference for these kids because that's right. so many hospitals, particularly in the children's wings or whatever are, are underfunded or, you know, are just struggling that yeah. there was a story about i think you talked about it on the podcast about a, a hospital literally being yeah. saved yeah why this right. that's by gamers <laughs> that is something that is something incredible yeah. and it, it, it it's mind-blowing yeah. it's mind-blowing yeah you know it's it, i'm really glad you went that direction with it because you know if it wasn't extra life um if this was any other time of the year you know, I would probably go down the road of like, you know, being a gamer, content creation, um, it's, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you put in a lot of hours in, a, in something you love, in a craft that you, you know, definitely love, obviously. But it's a lot of work. Okay, well, extra life. It's a lot of work. It's 12 hours. Some people do it for 24 hours. There's a lot of people that are going all in. And who's going to do that? Gamers. Right, like ga yeah. gamers who have practiced doing this, uh, min maxers, <laughs> min because it's what right. we do. It's what we do. Right? <laughs> that's I'm right. I'm sorry. You want me? You want me to raise money for charity? Oh well, for how long? Oh no, we're going 24 yeah, hours. That's right. That's how we roll. We don't do anything less. Right? How much money do we need? One thousand. Let's do ten million. Yeah. Like, right. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Where like, did this? Where did this come from? Yeah. You know the guys that are like you know creating this. They're like, wait, hold on. We we literally just need a thousand dollars. You know what? Have at it. <laughs> go go do you and like hey watch this we got just this. keep going guys <laughs> yeah that's right don't look back you're right that's such a good point though like what other personality of like min maxing i guess killer instinct whatever you want to call it like i mean you know sports i guess maybe but that's not a, that's not millions of gamers that are coming together right hundreds of thousands of gamers coming together but you yeah. you tell a gamer especially like i'm thinking lore seeker champ Right. Oh, that's that's who I was thinking yeah. too. Which is funny that you say that. Yeah. Give Champ a goal, uh, and he's gonna blow it out of the water. You know, in in record time. So you know, we have a goal set for our team, and you know, we'll see if we hit it. I have full faith we're gonna hit it. I do too. Um, I think you guys are gonna do amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of fun events that uh, yours truly gone crazy is fully invested in. Um, not wanting to get the cart out in front of the horse, but I think there's going to be laughs, there's going to be tears, there's going to be uh, progression and lore. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be a lot of guest hosts, and you know you might even see uh, gone crazy there as well, maybe. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> well, I. 
I appreciate you being here, Gone Crazy. Um, thank you so much. Obviously, I started off the, the shows by saying this, but you know, I, I definitely, um, I am glad that you're the first kind of guest host on this show. You deserved it. We love you uh, as a community member. Um, so again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's it's an, an honor and you know, I love this community. I love you guys and yeah. you're all my extended family. I won't even call you extended family. You're my family. Yeah. <laughs> that's bet. how we roll in. That's how we roll in lore seekers. So it is, it is. It's a, it's a very close family. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, stay tuned. Um, we are going to wrap up this show with Victoria Inman's story. Um, it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> it's like 12 or 13 minutes. Um, but I think it tells probably the greatest story, um, better than I could, uh, that, that this extra life exists and why it exists and why we are here promoting it. Uh, so please stay tuned for that. Um, I hope this finds everybody well. And remember, mission first, people always. Skull family. Whenever a family has a child with an illness, you never know where that journey's going to take you. And we always prayed for a miracle. She was the, the flyer. She's the one that they would, you know, get and throw into the air. She was this cute, petite, little, tiny little girl with the, just a head full of long blonde hair. She wasn't afraid of heights. In fact, she wasn't really afraid of anything. I've got a story just like anyone else. A wise man said, this too shall pass. We had noticed she had just gotten weak. I said, what's the matter with you? I said, you're a tumbler. You can <laughs> tumble and do backflips, you know, without knowing. And it progressed from that to uh, she fainted a couple of times. You know, and we thought it was, oh, she's got a virus or whatever. So I took her into the doctor the next day and they immediately sent us to Texas Children's Hospital. She was just, from the moment I met her, she was about 11 years old, she just had a sort of magical presence about her, and nothing would keep that girl down. Victoria was diagnosed at the age of 11 and a half with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Uh, the cure rate for leukemia is the 80%. When Victoria was told that she had cancer, that's the only time we saw her cry. And Dr. Dreyer walked in and told her that 80%, 85% rate cure. So Victoria accepted that. She said she wasn't worried anymore. In today's world, we cure, cure, go away forever, about 80% of children. 
In 1965, we cured 5% of children. So the improvement is unbelievable. And Victoria actually had a particular subtype of ALL that the cure rate should have even been better than that. Victoria's treatment was to take two and a half years. And at the end of two and a half years of chemo, Victoria was to be finished with her treatment. So during that time, you know, she had some good days, she had some bad days. When she was sick, 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 she still would put on her cheerleading suit and go do cheerleading. I have lots of pictures and important memories in my office, and one of the ones that I get to see every day is my beautiful picture of Victoria as an angel at our Camp Periwinkle. I'm the camp doctor, I've been the camp doctor for 20 plus years, and I took a little girl who was suffering from cystic fibrosis and cancer, and she was in Tori's cabin. But Victoria would come around, oh, 11.30 in the morning, 12, get this little girl all ready for the day's activities for the afternoon. And she got this little girl ready to go to the dance. I will never forget that little girl at that dance. What a wonderful support Tori was, because without Tori, this little girl would never have had the camp experience that she did. She feels great. How does my heart sound? It's a little off. It, sounds, it kind of sounds like a bunny. A bun oh. I like bunnies. Oh, you like bunnies? I love them. Okay, you're good. Okay, thank you. Now I'm going to hand this over to Dr. Frickback and see what she has to say. Well, what's, what's your name again? Uh, my name is um, Bunny McBunkBunk. Well, Bunny McBunkBunk, today our breaking story is about a little dog named Arfie. Let's ask Arfie. In 2005, Texas children held their first radiothon with the Children's Miracle Network Hospital and that's where we met Doc. We were doing a radiothon at a radio station in Houston, Texas, and she was the kind of kid that you could hear her coming long before she got to your soundproof studio. She was very full of energy. She was just 10 or 11 years old and was already considered a long-term survivor of leukemia. You know, here she is, lying up in bed, tubes connected to her. She didn't go and um, cry about it or bemoan her situation, she went around to try to visit these other kids to make them feel better. And I think that's the really, the legacy of her. At the end of two and a half years, when Victoria's treatment was over, they performed another spinal tap and a bone marrow test. The doctor dryer called us, I remember it was a Thursday, and she said, I cannot believe this, but Victoria has relapsed. Because of the seriousness of her relapse, they told Victoria that her next option was to receive a bone marrow transplant. Our community really uh, rallied, rallied behind our family and our church. You know, we even had signs, pray for Victoria. So it wasn't just our family, it affected everybody. And she made it through, and nine months later, she relapsed again. Joellen called me, uh, and she had just the worst news ever, and that is that Victoria's cancer had returned. So this was three times she was told that she had cancer. And so we began another journey to receive a second bone marrow transplant. Victoria, at that time, decided she was going to fight and 
entered the hospital for what would turn out to be an extremely long stay, many, many, many months. And so as a result of this extended stay, I saw that there wasn't as much for her to do as you can stay placated with as a, as a young person. And he asked her at that time, he said, Victoria, do you like to play video games? She said, I love to play video games. So I put the word out to a website that I worked with called Sarcastic Gamer, and the online community responded in droves. What I expected to be a couple of games that might come from here and there instead turned out to be things coming from all over the world. And we started receiving boxes of games. We had games that came in from Asia and Europe and he was receiving games from all over Texas, all over the United States. So much so that it became sort of overwhelming. Tori had to end up giving it away to other kids who were also stuck in the hospital. She was the one to go around to be that extra person for all these other children. It just doesn't seem right that a child should be sick. It's not right that a child stay in a hospital and that they're confined to the hospital and they're four walls and they're not experiencing the other things that children are doing. She couldn't be around other people that could have any infections. You know, when she was out, she had to wear her masks. During this time, Victoria contracted a um, fungal infection, which is from a a uh, very low immune system, and she had little to no immune system left. And I asked her what she wanted for Christmas, uh, and she said, I'd really just like to get out of this hospital and go see Christmas lights. Christmas lights are something my family and I go see together all the time, and I can't even leave to go see Christmas lights. We knew that during the final stages that we weren't going to have Victoria with us much longer. We were only outside for about 10 minutes. It was a very special 10 minutes. There wasn't a lot of talking. We just looked at lights. And after about 10 minutes, we rolled back upstairs to her room and we had our picture made in front of a little Christmas tree. Uh, and I said goodbye. Uh, and that picture is uh, one of my most prized possessions because uh, it was taken just moments before I saw my friend for the last time. And Victoria passed away before I could get back to see her. The miracle that we received was that we had her. For the time that we had her. I brought her picture. And I just put that on the table and I said, you know, this is what we look at every day during this radiothon, during this campaign. Victoria passed away on January 21st, 2008, after a four-year battle with leukemia, failed bone marrow transplants, and fungal infections. It was as a result of Tori's death sitting at her funeral that I made up my mind that I needed to be doing this, not just a couple days a year with a radiothon, that I needed to be doing this with my life. Doc wanted to do something special for Victoria in memory of Victoria. And he came up with a fundraiser called Extra Life. 
and this fundraiser would be for the gaming community. It just occurred to me that gamers should be able to do the things they love to, uh, to help sick and injured kids as well. And so Extra Life was born. 1,200 gamers showed up on October 15th in 2008. With this year's Extra Life Gaming Marathon, we're helping save kids' lives. You don't even have to be a crime-fighting superhero. Each and every year afterwards, it continued to grow. Gamers responded by being able to uh, game for their local hospitals. The next year, 4,500 gamers showed up, raised almost half a million dollars. The year after that, it was 15,000 gamers raising a million, and the next year, 17,000 gamers raising $2.1 million. Video games are like the number one form of entertainment on planet Earth, have been now for quite a while. Anyone could be involved in Extra Life. Gamers aren't that pale kid in mom and dad's basement. They're mom and dads, they're aunts and uncles. A young child, to an older adult, to a grandparent. You can take all that fun of playing games for 24 hours and reach out to your friends and bring them to your environment. Or if you want to play a board game, a card game. The funds that Extra Lifers raise can go to a variety of purposes in the local area at the local hospital. So maybe your extra $20 or your extra $50 goes to curing 87% of children with leukemia. They might buy an isolate for a baby that is born the size of a cell phone and has to fight for its life. I can guarantee you that with that money goes directly back to these children to keep this from happening again to someone else's child. Getting involved with Extra Life is really simple. You just have to go to the website at extra-life.org, put in a few details in there, join a team if you'd like to, or create one. After that, it's as simple as fundraising with your friends and family. Let them know why you are doing this. They should know that the money you raise is going to stay local in your community. We never will truly lose Victoria because she will live for all of us through this. It started with a little girl in Orange, Texas. And I think that's all we have to say for today. All we have to say today, so... So we'll see, see you tomorrow, tomorrow at on News at... Whatever, whatever time, time it is. is. At Victoria's house. Thank Bye! You.